Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thematic Commander. My name is Jason. I love Magic the Gathering, and I also love building themed EDH decks. On this channel, I'm going to take some of your favorite stories, TV shows, lore, game mechanics, and turn them into playable EDH decks that still tell a story. Thanks, everybody, and on to the show. Each episode is going to break down in four parts. The first part being the theme. The theme could be our favorite stories, to a TV show, to game lore, to game mechanics. Some game mechanics we might take a look at are tribal, exalted, module, uh, anything that we'd really like to focus on and bring out as the highlight of the EDH deck. The second part is going to be about how each card in the deck relates to the theme that we chose, uh, really breaking down groups of cards, and seeing how those themes play out throughout the EDH deck. Third part is going to be how the game, how the deck is going to perform in an actual game. Will this deck have enough draw? Will it have enough ramp? Will it be able to show as much as we'd like to of the theme in the deck in the gameplay? Fourth part will be mostly about finance and a little bit about how we can either make the deck cheaper or... Uh, easier just to make and play. So let's get on to the first section. Hello and welcome to Thematic Commander. I'm Jason and this week we're going to be going over the Adeptus Mechanicus from Warhammer 40k. The Imperium of Man. A million worlds scattered across an uncaring galaxy. A million worlds forever under threat from the machinations of cursed traitors and perfidious Xenos. It is an empire consumed by war by the very battle for survival itself, for there is no peace amongst the stars. The Space Marines, genetically modified warriors who know no fear, spearhead every counter-assault, taking the battle to the heart of the foe. From the smoke-wreathed horror of Adeptus Mechanicus Forge Worlds sail warships of fearsome potency, their weapons blessed by the Machine God, and their crews dedicated to the Omnisire's holy cause. So, this week we're going to be going over the Adeptus Mechanicus from Warhammer 40k. Now, Warhammer 40k is set in a world about, not 10,000 years in the future of our world, but 10,000 years in the future of the worlds of that universe. So 10,000 years is after the fall of the God Emperor or the Emperor of Man, who you've probably heard a couple times referred to when it came to Space Marines and some of those iconic factions like that. So when you hear them yelling, uh, that's basically who they're praying to. Now, the Mechanicus is the, I guess if you were to take the an IT person, a priest, and a cult follower, it would kind of be similar to what a member of the Adeptus Mechanic or the um, Adeptus Mechanicus is. Now, they're a separate faction when it comes to the Imperium as a whole. Uh, they're not. They're part of the Imperium, but they're not ruled by the same lords as, uh, like, the Adeptus Astartes or this, any of the Space Marine factions or any of the general em uh, empire as a whole. Uh, this was even true back when the Emperor was still alive and kicking and trying to take over the universe. In a good way, we, we think, for the most part, in a good way. The Adeptus Mechanicus made a deal with uh, the Emperor at the time to allow the Emperor to use his, use their massive war machines and their ships and all of the technology that acquired, made, fabricated, brought back from the past, all of these things. The Adeptus Mechanicus is actually centralized on what would be future Mars. And on future Mars, it's a whole entire world dedicated to fabricating technology, giant machines, everything like that. And throughout the Imperium, there's actually things called Forge Worlds. Forge Worlds are, are entire worlds based around creating and maintaining technology that uh, that the Mechanicus has collected over time. 
the Adeptus Mechanicus is actually, uh, if you're ever going to run any kind of technology that's not more complicated than like a handheld device in this future in Warhammer 40k, we'll have to receive a prayer from a tech priest from the Adeptus Mechanicus. And then anything up to giant spaceships and giant mechs that are referred to as titans in this world have to have if not one tech priest, then multiple tech priests there to calm the machine spirit, or so they say. Machine spirit being anything is the inherent spirit of the Omnisire, who would be uh, their god-like being, who they believe, who some believe inside uh, the Mechanicus to be the emperor of man, uh, and others think it's just a all-knowing spirit, and then some don't even think they believe in it. But that's the different factions inside of the Adeptus Mechanicus. So the machine spirit is something that makes the machine run, basically, makes it function appropriately and not have any failures. And usually the tech priest will have to do a type of ritual or a prayer over even something as simple as, well, simple, as a, quote-unquote, as a bolter from a space marine the leader of the mechanicus would be the fabricator general who today our fabricator general is going to be brea ethereum shaper uh, all of the most everybody inside the adeptus mechanicus uh that is any like the tech priests or uh any of the leaders of each of the different factions within the mechanicum all have some type of body augmentation if not an entire uh their entire system is has been replaced with machine, uh, including their hearts. They have augmentations to their brains. Now, in the history of Warhammer 40k, there was, just like in Dune, there was a uh, uprising by AI, um, who were the men of iron. This is what made the human empire before the emperor of man 10,000 years ago uh, fall into ruin, were these men of iron. Uh, after that and chaos, mischief, craziness that also infected all of the warp gates, but that's besides the fact. Uh, this was that Men of Iron was the main uh, reason for the fall. So yeah, so they have their their body augmentations. Um, some of the some of the servants of the Mechanicus are the Skatari, who are uh, basically lobotomized servants that. That can be like the warrior class of the, can be the warrior class or the servant class of Mechanicus. And they also have servitors who are straight up lobotomized. Um, They could just be like skulls that float around and help with certain things. Or they can function as one, with one task. Uh, But because of the the dogma against AI, uh, they use servitors and things like that. And these... They could be criminals or people taken from uh, non-compliant worlds, everything like that. So the Mechanicum, some of their technological, I don't want to say advancements, but some of their things that they create are the Titans. Uh, Some of the the Titans are massive mech machines that that can walk upright, and they have giant weapons on them that are world-ending, uh, this was something that was really big during the crusade war or the crusade to take over the entire universe and reunite all of humanity. The emperor of man actually would deploy these on non-compliant worlds. Well, his sons would deploy them on non-compliant worlds and even just the mention of a titan or the sight of a titan would be enough to make an entire world basically stop fighting and become compliant. We also have a dark faction, which would basically be the the chaos section of the Mechanicum, because everybody was affected by uh, chaos during the her- the Horus Heresy when Horus uh, decided to, well, decided to quote unquote, also uh, decided to um, take over humanity for himself instead of letting his father take over. Uh, so we'll have some dark titans, some dark members of the Mechanicum. We also have. There's also something that the Mechanicum is always searching for, which are STCs. They're basically these giant databases that can fabricate anything from the golden age of man. Uh, they were all lost during the 
war of um, war with the men of iron, and if one is found, it would basically give them the ability to fabricate almost anything and really take over the world or take over the universe again. They're also in charge of some of the giant spaceships that travel through the warp, and well, they're in charge of all the giant spaceships that travel through the warp, and we have a couple of those as well in our categories. So with that, we're going to go right on to the deck tech. From the moment I understood the weakness of my flesh, it disgusted me. I craved the strength and certainty of steel. I aspired to the purity of the blessed machine. Your kind cling to your flesh, as if it will not decay and fail you. One day, the crude biomass that you call the temple will wither, and you will beg my kind to save you. But I am already saved. So, on to the second half. So, like I said before, our commander is Brea, Ethereum uh, Shaper. All right, so a little bit of history about actual Brea and um, who she is. Brea, Ethereum Shaper, is a legendary human artifact from Alara, uh, specifically the Shard of Esper. I know I did Alara last time. Uh, her colors are white, blue, black, red. Uh, everything but green. When she enters the battlefield, uh, create two 1-1 one, one Thopter artifact creature tokens with flying. She has the ability tap to or two, sacrifice two artifacts, choose one. She deals three damage to target player. Target creature gets minus four, minus four, or you gain five life. She's a 4-4. Four, four. Uh, now, she's actually, if you go around it, she's a pretty strong general uh, within the community i don't know if she's tier one or cedh level but she might be because she does have a lot of combos with her so a little bit of actual history of her her native shard of esper is driven driven by the noble work an effort to arrange all living things with the ether infused alloy called ethereum or with the aether infused alloy called ethereum the alarans of esper thought that the ethereum Supply was finite because no one could create it. But after the shards of Alara were reunited during the event, during the um, conflux, Brea had proven them wrong. So she was actually the one that started to create Ethereum. While exploring Jun, Brea discovered Karmat, a redstone necessary for creating Ethereum that didn't exist on Asper. Oh, so it was part red. So that's why there's red in her thing. To prove her achievements, Brea replaced the majority of her organs, her, the majority of her organic body with Ethereum she created herself. Soon after, Brea realized that the wild magics of Jund had influenced her metal, granting her powerful new abilities. So that's a little bit of information about Brea. Most, most people from, most people from Esper do replace parts of their body with with Ethereum. So you'll see like Tezzeret being a major one um, actually replaced most of his body with Ethereum as well. Uh, now this is very reminiscent of the lore of the Mechanicum where they will replace their organic materials with pieces of machinery and technology to better improve themselves. They just have so little uh, faith in organic material. It tends to break down and be destroyed uh, whereas they think Metal will last much longer or last forever. So uh, we're going to be looking at the categories now. We're going to start with the factory. So somewhere where this is going to be cards that represent the fabrication or creation of certain materials or the act of creation. So most of the masters will have their own forges. Like on Mars, there's multiple forge, uh, forges that happen uh, for each master. We'll go over the masters that I have for this as well. Um, but starting in Factory, Aetherworks Marvel, 
Aetherworks Marvel, uh, if nobody knows, it's four mana legendary artifact. Whenever a permanent you control is put into the graveyard, synergizes well with our commander, you get an energy. Pay, pay six energy. Look at the top six cards of your library. You may cast a card from among them without paying its mana cost. Put the rest on the bottom in a random order. This is showing the fabrication of different technologies being pulled out of your deck, uh, out of your library. This could also represent uh, fragments of STCs, which are these those general knowledge bases, or those, those gen- giant databases that are able to pull up any kind of schematic and recreate it. Darksteel Forge, uh, nine mana, all artifacts you control are indestructible. Uh, just a great... <laughs> Just a great card to represent the forges that are happening there, how strong the Mechanicum is. Uh, Then we have Inspiring Statuaries. So Inspiring Statuaries could be like a depiction of uh, the Omnisire that gives hope and something to pray to for the Tech Priests and the Mechanicum. This is three mana artifact, non-artifact spells you cast have improvise so improvise i would say is more like the prayers that you give towards a machine to help it run better and be able to uh, serve its proper functions kadoltha forge master five mana artifact artifact creature construct tap sacrifice three artifacts search your library for an artifact put it into the battlefield then shuffle your library it's a three five uh awesome awesome fabricating taking different materials and re remaking them to make something not necessarily new but maybe to repair something old um or to build up a certain machine mechanized production uh the mechanicum is basically the one of the sole sources of uh creating any of the war machines that the imperium needs to fight the war that's been going on forever uh, against xenos against traitor imperium members against chaos uh just mechanized production is a great representation of that. Two blue, blue. Enchantment aura. Enchanted artifact you control. Enchant artifact you control. At the beginning of your upkeep, create a token that's a copy of enchanted artifact. Then, if you control eight or more artifacts with the same name as one as an as one another, you win the game. Scrapyard recombiner. Scrapyard recombiner can. Uh, Describe the salvage after maybe one of the titans falls in battle, uh, or you have to go out and dig up some old technology from the golden age of man. Uh, you would send out a servitor to go do that for you. So, scrapyard recombiner three artifact creature construct modular two modulars. You it starts comes into play with uh, the certain amount of modular counters on it, and when it dies, you can transfer those counters over to an artifact creature. Uh, it has the ability tap, sack an artifact, search your library for a construct card. Reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. We've already gone through a couple cards that are already constructs, but there's plenty more in the deck, so this is a good tutor. Thopter Foundry, another place to fabricate. Now, this would be specifically Thopters, and what I'm doing with Thopters and server Servos is they're going to be our Servitors, um, those servants that I was talking about before, um, Thopter Foundry is going to be where you're going to be creating those, uh, along with Brea comes into play with her two own personal servitors. And Thopter Foundry is white, black, blue, artifact, pay one, sacrifice a non-artifact, or non-token artifact, create a 1-1 Thopter artifact, creature token with flying, you gain one life. And then Time Sieve, blue and a black, sacrifice five artifacts, take an extra turn after this one uh this i would represent as a stc allowing you to reach back into time and pull out something so powerful like taking an extra turn allowing you to get ahead of your enemies so that's the factory now onto the masters so there's many different factions in the mechanicum uh we're going to go through a few i'm not completely certain about all the names you can go a little deeper into that lore i mean Warhammer 40k has an immense amount of lore, uh, lore, but we're going to go over some of our factions here. So, starting with probably one of the more powerful ones, Urza Lord High Artificer. Um, Two blue-blue legendary creature human artificer. When Urza enters the battlefield, create a 0-0 colorless construct artifact creature token that's power 
that gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control tap an untapped artifact you control add one blue and then it has another ability like it doesn't have enough <laughs> pay five shuffle your library then exile the top card of your top card until end of turn you may uh, play that card without paying its mana cost it's a he is a one four uh send triplets to white blue black uh artifact creature human wizard at the beginning of your upkeep choose target opponent then this turn that player can't play spells or activate abilities and plays with their hands revealed you can play cards from their hand this turn it's a three she they're a three three then we have Sihili Rai, one of our very few Planeswalkers in here. Sihili Rai is one blue-red Planeswalker. Scry one is her plus one. She comes in with three loyalty. Uh, you scry one. Sihili Rai deals one damage to target oppo- or to each opponent. Uh, minus two, create a, create a token copy of target artifact or creature you control, except this is an artifact, and then you have to exile it at the beginning of the next end step. Uh, I think she's great. She's just a straight-up artificer. She creates, and uh, that's a little bit different than what the Mechanicum does. They don't do a whole lot of creating, uh, just because of the idea that anything from anything really from the Golden Age of Humanity is a little uh, suspect to them. But I think she's great. Then we have Pier and Kiri Nalar. Uh, two red-red legendary creature human artificers when when they enter the battlefield you create two one one colorless thopter creature tokens with flying and then two red uh sacrifice an artifact they deal two damage to any target so they create their they create their servitors and then they throw them they could be combat servitors as well or maybe more like skatari in that sense padim council of innovation three blue legendary creature Vidalkin. So a lot of our a lot of our Mechanicum members and our tech priests are going to be Vidalkin because uh, they end up dealing a lot with technology in the Magic universe, but they also help in the they can be our tech priests here. Artifacts you control have hexproof. Awesome. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control artifact with the highest converted mana cost or tied for the highest converted mana cost, you get to draw a card. Uh, impress me. <laughs> One four. Then we have Psy Master Thopterist, two and a blue, legendary creature, human artifact. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a 1-1 colorless Thopter artifact creature with flying, and then one and a blue, sacrifice two artifacts, draw a card, 1-4. And then the last one in our master section is Silas Wren Seeker Adept, one blue-black artifact, legendary artifact creature, human, death touch when... He deals damage, combat damage to a player. Choose target artifact card in your graveyard. You may cast it this turn. It's there a 2-2. Two, two. Now, this is he could skew a little bit more towards the Dark Mechanicum, but for the most part, I think there is a little bit of black in all of the Mechanicum members. Now on to our Dark Mechanicum members. Uh, mostly all of them, or all of them are basically Tezzeret. Uh, Tezzeret the Schemer. Two blue black, create a plus one. So these are our planeswalkers. Plus one, create a artifact. Um, create basically a treasure token. Uh, he starts with five loyalty. Minus two target. Minus two target creature gets plus X plus or minus X until end of turn where X is the number of artifacts you control. Minus seven, you get an emblem with at the beginning of your combat. Of your turn, target artifact you control becomes a artifact creature token with base power five, five. Then Tezzeret artifact, Tezzeret artifact master three blue blue, uh, comes with a five loyalty plus one. Create a one one Thopter minus or zero. Draw a card if you control three or more artifacts. You draw two cards minus nine. You gain an emblem at the beginning of your. And step, search your library for a permanent card and put it into the battlefield, then shuffle your library. And then our last one in the Dark Mechanicum is Tezzeret, Master of the Bridge. Four blue, black, uh, artifacts you artifacts and planeswalkers you cast have affinity for artifacts. Awesome. Plus two. He deals 
X damage to target opponent where X is the number of artifacts you control and you gain X life. Minus three return target artifact from your graveyard to your hand. Minus eight, exile the top 10 cards of your library. Put all artifact cards from among them onto the battlefield. So that's our dark mechanicum. Now on to the mechanicum members, like our tech priests and our and our fabricators. So we have chief engineer, one blue, one in one in a blue, one three artifact spells you control have convoke. Ethereum sculptor, one in a blue, artifact creature, Vidalkin artifact, or artificer. Ha! Artifact spells you control cost one less to cast. One two. It's a one two. Ethereum sworn. Adjudicator, four and a blue, artifact creature, Vidalkin Knight, flying, one, white, black, tap, destroy target creature or enchantment, two and a blue, untap him, four, four. So there is a military branch of the Mechanicum, so certain tech priests could be part of that, and that's what uh, Ethereal Sworn Adjudicator can represent. Grand Architect, one, blue, blue, other creatures you control get plus other blue creatures you control get plus one plus one pay one blue target artifact creature becomes a blue or becomes blue until end of turn tap an untapped blue creature you control add two mana to your mana pool spend this in mana only to cast artifact spells and activate abilities of artifacts it's, uh they're a one three mass master transmuter three in a blue artifact creature human artifact one blue tap return an artifact you control to your hand or to its owner's hand you may put a artifact from your hand into play master of ethereum two and a blue artifact creature uh vidulcan now almost all of the vidulcans uh that i've said so actually all all the vidulcans that i've said so far have some type of body augmentation already on their cards master of ethereum is almost if not completely um machine in this sense uh, just like Brea. Actually, it could be it could be Brea in Master Transmuter, uh, but there's no way to really tell. They look very similar, though. Uh, so Master of Ethereum, uh, also completely completely metal from head to toe. If you look at the picture, uh, Master of Ethereum's power and toughness are equal to the number of artifacts you control. Other artifact creatures you control get plus one plus one, uh, and that's that. Synod Artificer, two in a blue. Vidalkin Artifact, tap X, or X, tap, tap target non-creature artifact, X, tap, untap, X, target non-artifacts, uh, one, two. Vidalkin Archmage, two, blue, blue, whenever you play artifact spell, draw a card, zero, two. That was all of our Mechanicum members. Uh, now for a few things that kind of represent inside the Mechanicum. So we have Gonti's, Gonti's Aether Heart. Uh, this is a completely fabricated heart of Gonti. So it could also represent a fabricated heart for any of our uh, Mechanicum members. Six mana, legendary artifact when Gonti Aether Heart enters the battlefield or another artifact enters the battlefield, you gain two energy. Pay pay eight energy, exile Gonti, Gonti's Aether Heart, take an extra turn after this one. And then we have Esper Charm, White, blue, black, choose one, destroy target, enchantment, draw two cards, target player, discards two cards. So this could be like a, a chant that you do to um, praise to the Omnisire, everything like that. So we're getting up to the giant war machines, but we got to talk about the main workforce on this world. So we have the servitors. So some more servitors, even though we create a lot of our servitors with our um, with each of our creatures. We have Hangerback Walker, XX. When Hangerback Walker enters the battle, or it enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. Uh, when it dies, you put one one Thopters into play, equal to the number of plus one plus one counters on it. One tap, put a plus one plus one counter on it. Merchant's Dockhand, one mana, artifact creature, construct, three. Oh, and Hangerback Walker is also a construct. Three blue, tap, tap X untapped artifacts you control. Look at the top. X cards of your library, put one of them into your hand and put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. We have Metal Worker. Three mana, one, two. Tap, reveal any number of artifact 
cards from your hand, add two colorless mana to your mana pool for each card revealed this way. And then we have Solemn Simulacrum. Four mana, two, two. When it enters the battlefield, search your library for a basic land, put it into play tapped, and when it dies, you draw a card. Uh, then we have our one representation of the Skatari. I couldn't think of anything really well for this, but we have Gemini Engine, six mana, three, four. When Gemini Engine attacks, put a attacking twin artifact creature token into play. Its power and toughness is equal to Gemini's power, uh, and its toughness is equal to Gemini's toughness. Sacrifice the token at the uh, end of combat. So that's a good representation. Looks like a combat robot. Most Skatari are combat. Our, basically, our mana ramp package is... I want to be represent every signet as a uh, different faction within the Mechanicus you can do uh, if you look up those names, or maybe I can post a list. So we have Arcane Signet, we have Azorius Signet, we have Demir Signet, we have Izzet Signet, we have uh, Orzov Signet, we have Rakdos Signet, uh, then we have Mindstone, Soul Ring. Soul Ring could be more like the energy that they uh, obtain from any of their number of inventions. And then the Talisman Cycle, uh, we have every Talisman that there is to play in those colors. A little bit of a flavor card. We have the Antiquities War. Now, I want this to represent mostly the Horus Heresy and the split between uh, the Mechanicum. During the Horus Heresy on Mars, there was actually a divide between Mechanicum members and Mechanicum ma the ma Masters. Uh, and many, or a lot of knowledge was destroyed during this time. The Dark Mechanicum actually came through and released a scrap code which fried most uh, foundries at that time and also turned most of the titans and most of the machines traitor uh, towards the towards Horus and towards the Dark Mechanicum. So talking about titans, uh, we have our titans. We have these giant beasts and these giant mecha mechanical monsters that'll come through and destroy most things. So starting with Steel Hellkite. Now, there is a story about a, a Mechanicus dragon in which the Omnisire, the god emperor, or the emperor of man, fought and locked away beneath Mars. Uh, and there is some truth behind that. Uh, in the Horus Heresy book, you actually meet the presence, which is the, the steel dragon that lives underneath Mars. Uh, you can read that book. It's pretty good. But Steel Hellkite, not as powerful as a representation that I would like because this, it really is supposed to represent this giant being uh, that the the only person that could defeat it was the Omnisire. So, but Steel Hellkite, six mana, artifact creature dragon, flying, two, two mana, Steel Hellkite gets plus one, plus O oh, until end of turn. Pay X, destroy each non-land permanent with converted man cost X, whose controller was dealt combat damage by Steel Hulkite this turn. Activate this ability only once each turn. Uh, there are five, five. Platinum Empyrean, eight mana, artifact, creature golem. Your life total can't change. So what a giant effect to have happen when a Titan hits the field. Eight, eight. Metalwork Colossus, 11 mana, artifact, creature, construct. There's construct again. M Metalwork Colossus costs X less to cast, where X is the total converted mana cost of non-creature artifacts you control. They're a 10-10. Sacrifice two artifacts, return Metalwork Colossus from your graveyard to your hand. Combustible Gear Hulk. Four red-red, artifact, creature, construct. First strike, when it enters the battlefield, target, or target opponent may have you draw three cards. If that player doesn't, you put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. Then Combustibility Gear Hulk deals, six, or deals damage to that player equal to the converted mana cost of those cards. It can be a pretty heavy hitter. We have a lot of high converted mana cost. Cataclysm Gear Hulk, three white white artifact. Creature Construct Vigilance, when... Cataclysmic Gear Hulk enters the battlefield. Each player chooses a artifact, a creature, a enchantment, and a planeswalker from among non-land permanents they control. Sacrifice the rest. There are four or five. Bosch Iron Golem. 
eight mana six seven trample art legendary artifact creature golem pay three red sacrifice an artifact bosch deals that much damage equal to the artifacts converted mana cost to any target and then ancient or and then we have ancient stone idol 10 mana 12 12 flash so some of the titans actually have warp drive or have uh, teleporter drive so they can actually teleport straight into battle so this one has flash this spell costs one less to cast for each attacking creature trample when it dies you create a 6 12 colorless construct artifact creature token with trample and then our last titan which always made me think of the mechanicum is the dark steel colossus an 11 11 for 11 trample artifact creature golem Darksteel Colossus is indestructible. If it would be put into your graveyard from anywhere, you shuffle it back into your library instead. And what would the Titan category be without our Dark Titans? So, in our Dark Titan section, we have Worm Coil Engine. Six mana, six six, Death Touch, Lifelink. When it dies, you create a three three worm uh, token. You create two three three worm tokens, one with Death Touch, one with Lifelink. Noxious Gear Hulk. Four black black, Artifact construct menace when it enters the battlefield destroy target creature if a creature is destroyed this way you gain life equal to its toughness salvage titan four black black sacrifice three artifacts rather than sacrifice rather than paying salvage titans mana cost remove three artifacts in your graveyard from the game return salvage titan from your graveyard to your hand and then the the emperor class titan of the dark mechanicum just like the Emperor class Titan of the regular Mechanicum would be Darksteel Colossus. 12 mana, 11, 11, trample, infect, indestructible. If it would be put into the graveyard from anywhere, instead shuffle it into your library. Uh, just a giant game-ending Titan. When it comes onto the battlefield, everybody has to be scared about it uh, because that might just straight up kill you out of nowhere. And then we have our battleships, um, some of the things that they also fabricate. We have the Weatherlight, 4 mana, 4, 5, flying when it deals combat damage to a player. Look at the top 5 cards of your library, reveal a historic card. Historic cards are either legendary, artifact, or saga cards. You may reveal a historic card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And then we have Sky Sovereign Console Flagship, also just looks like a straight up battle cruiser. Uh, when you talk about battle, crew ma- battle cruiser magic, we're right in it. Five mana, six five flying. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, it deals three damage to target creature, planeswalker, and a poke controls crew for three. And um, weatherlight is also crew for three. Now on to our land section. We have all the artifact lands in Ancient Den, Darksteel Citadel, Great Furnace, all of those ones that we can play. We have City of Brass. Uh, this could be our hive cities where uh, most of the human populations live. Command Tower as well. Exotic Orchard. Uh, we have all of the pain lands that we can play. Godless Shrine, Hollow Fountain. We have Inventor's Fair. Uh, Inventor's Fair can be like a forge world. It's a legendary land. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more artifacts you gain a life it taps to add one colors to your mana pool you can pay for sacrifice inventor's fair search your library for an artifact only activate this ability if you control three or more artifacts morphic pool we're playing spire of industry also can be another forge world uh this taps to add one colors to your mana pool if you control artifact you can pay one tap it pay one to add one mana of any color to your mana pool and then we have five swamps four mountains five islands, and four planes. We do have a little bit of a maybe board. These were a couple things that I thought could have been included. Um, Ethereum Ethereum Sworn Canonist is one in a white. Artifact Human Creature Cleric 2-2. Each player who has cast a non-artifact spell this turn can't cast an additional non-artifact spell. We have Brutaclad. We have Brutaclad, four, blue, red, four, four. Creature tokens you control have haste. At the beginning of your combat, on your turn, create a two-one mirror 
artifact, creature token, uh, then you may choose a token you control. If you do, each other token you control becomes a copy of that token. We have Golden Guardian, four mana, four four defending. You can pay to you can pay to have it fight target creature you control, and when it dies, you transform it into a uh, foundry that creates four fours. And then we have Scuttling Doom Engine, uh, six mana, six six. Scuttling Doom Engine can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less, and when it dies, it deals six damage to target uh, opponent or planeswalker. So that was all of the cards in this deck. Uh, I hope you liked it. We're going to go on to part three. So, here at part three, uh, we're going to go over how the deck plays and how it kind of runs through. Initialization failed. Null array inert. Insufficient power. Insufficient power. Rerouting. Reroute failed. Processing. No data. Power building. Null array deploying. So the deck's main plan is to get out giant creatures. To cheat out giant creatures with uh, Aetherworks Marvel, with Urza, with Ethereum, or with Master Transmuter and making them cheaper to play with Chief Engineer, uh, with Ethereum, Ethereum Sculptor, all of the ways to really lower. We're actually playing 14 ramp spells, all within the two converted mana cost. So we should be pretty good to get up to turn, or to get up to about five mana on turn three or four, maybe, with some of our big beaters being Darksteel Colossus, uh, Blightsteel Colossus, uh, Kadaltha Forge Master allows us to cheat out things. We're creating. We're also able to go pretty wide with most of our most of our creatures being able to create one ones, which also kind of all works together. It feels like you're playing a giant machine that's kind of rolling forward, kind of like the Mechanicum, creating and fabricating giant creatures to come out and help. It does have a decent amount of draw, uh, just with like Vidalkin Archmage. Uh, Urza, most all of our creatures and uh, most of our creatures and almost all of our cards create some type of card advantage, so it's actually pretty good. The converted mana cost, the average converted mana cost is very high, but I think that's just because we're playing an awful lot of um, 12, 8 to 12 drops. We're playing we're playing one or two, or we're playing about We're playing seven, eight or higher drops. That's quite a bit. And then a few in the, quite a few in the higher numbers here. Uh, but we are playing 17 two drops. So we are hoping to, so we are hoping to ramp pretty hard to get our bigger creatures out. Uh, the majority color is, we're mostly blue. Um, secondary color black and then red and white kind of in that third third race both being equal in that sense I can draw a sample hand for you guys real quick if you'd like so I'm going to draw a sample hand real quick and see how it comes out uh, that's not a good hand that's all lands so we'll do a new hand do a new hand here so okay so this is a little bit heavy in the higher drops here but our opening hand is Darksteel Colossus, Noxious Gear Hulk, uh, Talisman of Progress, Mindstone, and then three lands. So we'll draw our first card for the turn. It's a land. So then we were able to play out a land, play out a land, ramp, uh, play another land, and then cast our general if we want to, or play, play like the Thopter Foundry that I just found. Uh, and then by turn four, we should be able to play Noxious Gear Hulk and kill whatever's on play on the battlefield, which is also really good, and then gain some life and have a 5-4 for them to deal with there. Overall, it has a mixture of strategies. It does have some, what I feel just win cards, would be like Time Sieve, 
uh, mechanized production. If you just put that on a Thopter token that you've made a ton of, you can obviously uh, win the next turn. With with Scrapyard Recombiner, we have quite a few constructs in this deck. I can give a count for you real quick. We have seven or more constructs in the deck. Uh, some of the important ones being Kadaltha Forge Master. Uh, Hangerback Walker is a nice one to get. Uh, even Metalwork Colossus, if you, if you just need to get a big creature out. Also, Noxious Gear Hulk, uh, which can just straight up kill a creature. Uh, and then our Tezzeret's also allow us to get the little bit of reach we might need at the end of the ba- at the end of the game. So with that, uh, I would say probably in the range of six to seven. Uh, just for the fact that you are playing so many high drops, if you want to like improve this deck a little bit, you can just kind of cut down on the bigger drops, um, some of the higher dropped cards to play either more ramp, more ways to cheat out cards like Quicksilver Amulet or things like that, uh, and that'll probably make the deck run a little bit smoother. All right, with that, on to the last section. The age of knowledge is dead. A cold and corrupted memory. The death of innocence is come, and the new age of ignorance is upon us. Mortal bodies wither and mortal minds fade. And yet, the Animus Machina is immortal. And the God Engine endures all. So here in the last section, we kind of take our time and we look at what how we can either make the deck cheaper. When it comes to really making it run smoother, you can just kind of cut down on the higher drops and run more ways to cheat out cards. The three most expensive cards in the deck would be uh, probably Blightsteel Colossus, also getting a reprint, Urza High Artificer, and Metal Worker. Now, Metal Worker is pretty darn expensive. You could probably run um, just another Mana Rock. Uh, they are like $70. If you have one, that's awesome. Uh, but it is a little expensive. The total com- the total cost of the deck is about five hundred and eighty three dollars. You might you could really cut it down. A lot of these cards are definitely inflated, and also might just see a reprint in the upcoming sets in our double masters or in uh, commander sets in the commander boxes that are going to be coming out. Brayer herself is about eighteen. Our land base was not super expensive uh just the pain lands are a little expensive or the take two damage lands are a little expensive at the moment uh, but that might just because of scarcity and with that on to the end of the show archmagos your reputation precedes you but you choose a bleak time to come to cadia bleaker than you know my adepts uncovered pylons on area six they are a perfect match for those present on Cadia, but were reduced to now during the Fourth Black Crusade. Abaddon. His malice holds greater purpose than we knew. Agreed. Ruined pylon fields have been discovered on many worlds. All are made by the Despoiler. Why? Their heritage is alien, their purpose unknown. The pylons forges remain shrouded, known only to the Omnissiah, but their purpose is revealed. They contain the Eye of Terror. If they are destroyed, the Immaterium will claim all. The Imperium will be no more. The pylons must be safeguarded. They are our only weapon against the encroachment of chaos. But I need time to study. Go, make your studies. May the Emperor guide you. I just want to say thank you, everybody. Uh, My main goal really here is to get people to play more thematic decks. I want to see people uh, come out with a story, come out with their deck that is like either all tree folk or uh, your Princess Bride deck. A lot of the decks that really caught my eye and that I really like to have the creators of the decks come in. Um... With the command, the command cast, they used to have somebody on there that created a D and D deck. It really made it. They said it really made it feel like you're playing a 
uh, dungeon crawler or a D&D game where you have certain tasks that you assign to each person uh, through the gameplay. And that's what I'm trying to kind of get into, stuff like that. Some of the other decks that I've heard is the Unicorn deck from the Commander Sphere. Uh, these are all podcasts really awesome to listen to. The Command Sphere, the one of the uh, hosts actually has a My Little Ponies deck. Would love to have her on. If you're listening, I would love to have you on. Have the deck in Architect. Go over it. See your ideas for it and how it plays. It always really was amazing to me. But I know people out there, you have your theme decks. You think, oh, they're probably a little too janky to play. Uh, but just try it. You know, I sit, I've sit. i sat down at really high level, or not high level, but I've sat down with some of my friends that have had really aggressive decks, and I'm sitting there like, oh, do, 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 do. I'm trying to get out my Sand Warriors, look at this Dune-themed deck. Uh, but I also like to play it up when I'm there and uh, get people to understand. Like when I was playing with my Jason Vraska standard deck, uh, I would be like, well, Vraska can't be out without jace they have to be out together um they're such uh, a pair they have to be together so things like that uh, i'm really trying to get the story to come out more i just wanted to say thank you again for listening uh, if you followed through the last two episodes i'm going to try and stay in this format between 40 and 40 to or 30 to 40 minutes we'll see how it goes uh, thank you so much so the next deck might be another Naya deck. Uh, it might not be. We just have to see what I feel like for that time. If you have any ideas, feel free to tweet at me at WolfieMTG on Twitter. Or you can email me at Wolfie12 or WolfieStar12 at gmail.com. Uh, we'll try and get some guests. I'll try and find some people that want to have a theme deck and want to share it with me. Uh, but if you have any ideas or you want to uh, shoot back ideas on a theme deck that you'd like to have I'm more than happy to uh, go over it with you I just wanted to say thank you again it's great doing this uh, if you want the link for the deck it's going to be in the in the description I did start posting on YouTube I did start posting on YouTube if you want to take a look at that I don't have any real graphics with it it's literally just um it's literally just the uh, thumbnail for the picture that I use. Um, but if you want to, if that's a platform in which you listen to it, please listen to it. Subscribe, uh, hit the thumbs up, it, whatever you want to do. You can also rate me on iTunes. I'm on iTunes and Spotify as well. Uh, thank you again. I know I said that a couple times, but I really want to thank you for being here uh, and keep it going. Keep it casual. I mean, you know how. You are an abomination. I prefer honored guest. But abomination or not, you and I have common cause. Logic dictates otherwise. Then you don't seek to understand the nature of this matrix. You comprehend its secrets? I was there when they first awakened. Or perhaps I wasn't. Memory is such a fickle thing. Neither of us desires to see this galaxy ripped asunder by the Imperial ones. Destroy me if you wish. Nothing will change. For me, for you, for this world. Show me 